catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Is Jaden Daniels the next quarterback for your Minnesota Vikings? It's going to be a really interesting, what is it, about 10 weeks now until the NFL draft at the end of April? And let me tell you, the top of this quarterback class is pretty good. I just finished watching Caleb Williams. We'll talk about him a different day. But he barely edged out Jaden Daniels for QB2. He may be QB3, but Daniels has a lot of great stuff to offer. We're going to talk about it all right here on the latest episode of Skull Search. Real Porno Show, hosted by Tyler Bornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, publisher of Substack Run In Shooter, host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of Skull Search. I'm your host, Tyler Fornes. With me, as always, in the top right corner is producer Dave. I know he's, he's hard to see, but he is there, I promise you. Uh, so let, let's have a conversation, Dave. We're going to talk about a quarterback that has been mocked to the Minnesota Vikings numerous times. And I'm going to stall here as I pull up my mock draft tracker because he, I believe he is quarterback two as far as how many times he's been mocked to the Minnesota Vikings and that he has been mocked eight overall times with only Michael Penix Jr. at 13 having been mocked more. We are recording this on February 13th. So the data is through February 11th as I do it by week increments. So that could change by the time you watch this show here, if you're going to watch it around the time the Vikings are about to go on the clock. And it's going to be an interesting process to kind of see what things end up looking like. And I'm really excited to talk about him because this guy has had a very weird career at Arizona state. He played for Herman Edwards. And if you know anything about those Herman Edwards teams, it was kind of a little bit of a trash heap. They had the right idea of bringing in a lot of former players and implementing things, but then they got caught up in this massive recruiting scandal and everything fell apart at the seams. Daniels was one of those pieces. He entered the transfer portal. His teammates cleaned out his locker for him and it was public. And that's just, that's raised the red flag. You're like, okay, why are his teammates cleaning out his locker? That seems really odd. Well, it is really odd that it was almost like a sign of disrespect. So Daniels gets his locker cleaned out by his teammates. He leaves, he goes to LSU and LSU is in a little bit of a transition with Brian Kelly. And you just don't know what's going to happen. And at this point, Daniels hasn't really showed that he's a good, consistent passer of the football. Well, he gets to LSU and two years later, he wins the Heisman trophy showing that he is a really good passer of the football, especially 20 plus yards. That's like his bread and butter. He's really good at throwing like the slot fade, go balls, posts. He just knows how to drop it in there. And you could see him with the Heisman trophy there. 
I thought it should have gone to Michael Penix, but I wasn't mad because I thought Daniels was deserving of the Heisman Trophy. It's I considered that a really pick your poison, but it's also a situation, Dave, where the Heisman Trophy really doesn't mean anything when it comes to pro projections. It never has, and it never will. It just means you are great at the college level. So let's talk about some of the traits, all right? But first, we have to get through the basics, okay? He's 6'4", 210 pounds, and if you look at him, he looks really, really slim, really thin, kind of like, you remember Teddy Bridgewater, how Bridgewater, everybody's like, oh, he's so frail. He just doesn't look like he has any meat on his bones. Some people are just built that way. Yeah, some people are built that way, and Daniels is built that way, but he doesn't have an injury history, so we don't have to worry about that. Like, I mean, he's had some dings. He's had like, oh, a sprained ankle. He suffered a concussion on a really nasty cheap shot from Dallas Turner against Alabama this year. Oh, he just came back against Florida the next week and led LSU to over 700 yards and 56 points. So I think he was just fine after that. So he was a four-star recruit for 24-7 sports, and he was a four-star in the transfer portal as well. And let's talk about... The stats completed 65.8% of his passes, 10,810 yards. Now this is over five years and you can really see how poor of a passer he was at Arizona state. Okay. 89 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, but he carried the ball 271 times for almost 4,000 yards and 34 touchdowns. Um, no, Mateo that, that I, I, I get that. No, I thought it was panics because of, Sometimes touchdown numbers are random and they had a lot of touchdowns ran in. I just thought Penix was the better quarterback, but I, I I wasn't mad about it. Like Daniels deserved it too. You can't give out two Heisman trophies. I just preferred Penix's season over Daniels, but that's just an opinion. So let's talk about the games. I watched, I watched Florida state, Florida and Ole Miss. I also watched Alabama. Uh, I've seen him play against Alabama. Now I think four times, because I've used that Alabama film to contextualize a lot of other players, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, um, Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, Terry and Arnold, all of those guys, Alabama defenders, so along with Malik neighbors and Brian Thomas jr. The receivers that he threw to this past year. So let's kind of get to the positives and Delton brings up a really good point in the chat. I'm sure. It helps have Brian Thomas jr. And Malik neighbors, wide receiver oh absolutely but i will say this that doesn't necessarily mean that it was all on those guys and none of it was Jaden daniels like and i think that's a really fair point to mention but you have to look at it and be like okay who elevated who were was somebody carrying the water and i don't think so i think it was a really excuse me cohesive unit I think Daniels was great. The receivers were great. The running game was okay outside of Daniels. The offensive line was capable enough, but not great. LSU was just was just in this really weird spot this year. So let's talk about some of the positives. He was a dual threat. And it's not just that he can run the ball. So I like to use Aaron Rodgers a lot as, as I talk about quarterbacks who can run. Rodgers isn't a running quarterback. He's a quarterback that can gash you if you give him the opportunity to. Brett Favre was kind of the same way, but a lesser version. So if they see a hole and you're like, hey, here's 15 for yards, they're just going to take it. That's the kind of runner they are. They're 
passive, but they'll be opportunistic. Daniels is just going to gash you. And I think a really good comparison as far as what his running ability is, is Robert Griffin III. Very similar builds, uh, very similar body types. Daniels is two inches taller, but they also have this insane ability, and this is a negative. I w- I'm going to credit SB Nation's JP Costa, a really good friend of mine, for this comp. When Jaden Daniels runs, he's a Looney Tune. And when he gets hit, it's almost like Roadrunner getting hit with an anvil by, sorry, Wiley Coyote getting hit with an anvil by Roadrunner. It, he just gets hit in the funniest ways, and it looks like he's about to die. It, and he he needs to fix that. Lamar Jackson, I love talking about Lamar Jackson's running ability because one thing that he's so incredibly special at, you can talk about the explosiveness, you can talk about the speed and the vision. No, Lamar Jackson's best trait as a quarterback is to not get hit. He is so good about finding a spot to go down or when somebody gets contact on him, he just doesn't get smacked. He's so innately good at it. It's it's honestly impressive. It may be the single best trade of anybody in the NFL. Just he, he just doesn't get hit. And when you're a running quarterback, you have to have a little bit of that. If you don't, you're going to put yourself at risk. And if you put yourself at risk, you're putting your team's future at risk. You have to find a way to go down. Robert Griffin III never found a way to go down. Even when he got the job in Cleveland after his four-year contract with the Washington Commanders went out. First game. He just can't go out of bounds. He has to, as he's going out of bounds, lower his shoulder, broken shoulder, out like 10 weeks. Is Daniels ever going to figure it out? I really don't know. I do not have a good answer for you, but it is a real concern. Outside of that, very explosive. He has nimble feet in the open field to avoid tacklers, and he can juke guys out of their shoes. So there is a lot of really good to what Daniels brings as a runner, but it, it needs to be mentioned that he gets hit like a Looney Tune, and that's not a good thing. Um, I think one other thing that's impressive about the running game, and we're gonna we're gonna get to the passing stuff because there's a lot of positives with him. Um, he has some vibes of uh, like Lamar Jackson, and this is a very unfair comparison, so it's it's not a one to one. But I really like how he picks his spots when to run in space. He doesn't try to run constantly. He will evade the pocket a little too much for my liking. So there will be instances where this is contradictory, where he's going to want to kill you down the field and really stay in the pocket a little too long. Then there are some where he just bails the pocket way earlier than he should. So he, he doesn't have the most consistent pocket presence, but he does see the field really well. And when he sees an opening, he just takes it. And he picks his spots in a really smart way. He doesn't run because he wants to run. And uh, Jason brings up Michael Vick running in the chat. I don't think he's the same style of runner at all to Michael Vick. I think they're they're completely different players, both really good at running the football, but they're very different. Um, and he, he just he just knows how to make decisions on when to run the football. And I really appreciate that about him. Uh, when he is in open field, he has excellent vision. He sets up blockers extremely well, and he knows how to disrupt angles in space. Now, let me kind of break that down. So one of the things you talk about with cornerbacks is attacking the blind spot. So when corners are running a bail technique, they will turn their hips 45 degrees to like towards the field. Okay. And they'll have like be facing the quarterback at that angle. Well, 
when they flip those hips, what the receiver will do is they will just have a couple steps inside to get them to commit. And then they'll, by attacking the blind spot, they basically go to where the cornerback can't see. So all of a sudden the cornerback is just massively out of position and he doesn't really know what to do. So he has to flip his hips completely around to be able to try and then one, go find out where the receiver is and two go attack the football. Where he doesn't even know where the receiver is at that point. Daniels does some of that in the running game where he sees a defender and he manipulates them by kind of like maneuvering throughout the field. There was this one run against Florida where he had a defender and he basically attacked his blind spot like three times before finally getting around him when the defender had all the leverage he could need. He was like basically standing right in front of him about 15 yards away, but he made it happen because of that ability and that ability Dave is I think what's really impressive about him in the running game because that running ability is going to make a difference. It's going to help. It is not everything. You cannot have it as a crutch, but when you add it to the passing game, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, it's fantastic. It gives you an extra element. And one of the reasons why Lamar Jackson was MVP this year, because when you have that ability to gouge them with the running game in an explosive manner, it changes how you're defended. It changes how aggressive they can be in coverage. It changes what kind of zones they run. It can take a guy out of coverage completely just to watch you as a spy. So all this matters. And all this is contextualized. We saw it Sunday with Mahomes. He had some fantastic runs that helped lead the Chiefs to the victories over the Niners. And Mm -hmm. Very much, I see that in Jaden Daniels. That yeah. ability. If something sort of breaks down or he sees an opening, he goes. Yeah, Daniels is a, is a special runner. And I don't really have a great comparison other than RG3. I think RG3 is the comp. And it, it, it just fits in so many different ways. So let's kind of uh, get to uh, some of the more, more passing elements of his game. He does really good in the pocket more often than not. Um, he stays patient when going through progressions, reads the full field, and he is able to evade defenders really well. And by evading defenders really well, it, it gives you that ability. Tom Brady was incredibly mobile, but he wasn't a runner. Mobility is a fluid concept. You can either talk about it in terms of being able to scramble or just being great in the pocket. Dan Marino is one of the most more most mobile quarterbacks of all time. Dude couldn't run worth the crap. When he threw for 5,184 yards, he had negative seven rushing yards that year. He can't run, but he could slide in the pocket, evade pressure, climb it, and do all of those things so incredibly well. Daniels has a little bit of that ability to his game to be able to slide away and evade defenders in the pocket before having to bail. And I think that's a really important element to his game because it helps him as a passer. It helps you be able to attack down the field. And when he is as a passer, he's developed a ton. Uh, He throws a really nice football, throws it with anticipation, and he's not afraid to attack tight windows. And if you're not afraid to attack tight windows in college, it's going to translate to the NFL because in the NFL, they're all tight windows. Like there's a, you'll see abbreviations at times called WAS. It means wide ass open. The guy with like nobody within like 10 yards of him. 
Like you get that a lot in college because of how college spacing concepts work, how the hashes are so are like twice as wide, like all that matters. And if you're willing to attack those tight windows in, in college, I trust that you're going to be more willing to do so in the NFL. And he also displays great ball placement. He throws uh, the route with precision and he knows how to place the ball in the proper spot for his receivers. Now his receivers are great, but you have to have somebody capable enough to give them the ball. And Daniels and his receivers were a really great team. Um, He does have a sidearm release and we'll talk about that, but he doesn't have issues with batted passes. Only seven on 1,448 pass attempts and just um, 10 over his final three seasons. Um, Sorry. Um, Sorry, I think I mistyped because I think I meant 17 over 1,448 pass attempts and just 10 over his final four seasons and three of those this past year in 2023. So he is a tall, lanky guy, but the sidearm release can really impact that. So we'll have more conversation about that in a little bit. Um, He's shown significant growth, as we mentioned earlier. Um, His big-time throw rate to turnover-worthy play rate basically went four to one in his last two years. And in his first three years, they were at 28 big time throws and 22 turnover worthy plays. And if you're able to show that kind of growth in a statistic like that, that's relatively stable. It, they're a stable metric because it's how you make decisions and what kind of accuracy and ball placement you have. Those kinds of things are usually stable year over year. So to see that kind of growth, when he transferred to another Power 5 school, now LSU is a better school than Arizona State. Let's not get it twisted. But if you show that kind of substantial growth, that matters. And I think that's really, really impressive to see him be able to kind of take that next step. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Now, let's talk about some negatives, okay? Well, first um, off, Giotano says he's got huge hands. Have we got an official measurement yet, or is no. that going to wait till the combine? That's the combine because he was not at any all-star games. Um, despite uh, some consistency in his uh, dropbacks, I will say that with that sidearm release, he also gets too wide in his base. So if your feet are too wide, so you want to have them around shoulder width apart because it allows you to be able to drive the football and really step in. And by having your feet too wide, it can cause you to sail the football. Same with the sidearm release. So it's kind of a double negative in that sense. And it does uh, limit him a little bit from being able to truly drive the football with as much velocity as he has. But it's it's only a minor critique because you know what? It works. And it works until it doesn't. So it's something you'd prefer him to go from like a sidearm to a three-quarter. And I know you guys can't see that on camera. I apologize. But... I'm I'm a former speech kid, so you're I'm used to doing the hand gestures and stuff. That's not going to stop. Uh, so I think he's going to have to try and get a little bit more of a three quarter release for his own benefit long term. Um, one thing I, I've also also saw, seen 
is too often he throws the ball on a frozen rope and he doesn't have that change up. So the change up being, can you layer the ball into a, into a window instead of just throwing it? So if you've ever played Madden, if you press X hard, it's going to be a bullet. If you tap X, it's going to be a, a lob. And sometimes you have to be able to lob it over the defender. And he doesn't quite have that with any form of consistency yet. And I think he'll learn that, but he doesn't have it now. And that's a problem. Um, GMAC, there is a JJ McCarthy video. We, we did it about two weeks ago. So if you go to the page after this, you'll be able to watch it. And I promise you it's good. It's our, the most second most viewed video in our channel's history. So people, people are responding well to it. Um, <clears throat> lastly, um, he navigates the pocket. Well, um, but he's more confident on the move. And I talked about this a little bit earlier. Sometimes bails the pocket too early to run the ball. And I think that's just a, I know I can do it. And we've had this conversation with guys like Kyler Murray, Michael Vick. Sometimes guys are just better athletes. And for so long, all they had to do was just say, I'm just going to out athlete you. And I'm going to win that way. Once you get to the NFL, it's very hard to do that with any form of consistency. So you have to be able to adapt what you're doing there. And I think he just needs to get a little bit more comfortable dominating within the pocket. He's grown significantly the last two years in that area. And there is positives. But I think to really take another step, he's going to have to do even more. And that's what I want to see from him. I like Daniels a lot. But there are, are some concerns and one of those concerns being that he didn't really truly break out even though he flashed a little bit Arizona State but nothing consistent he didn't break out till he was 22 and some will be like okay why would why didn't you break out till you're 22 like what's the deal and I just look at Arizona State and I think that answers your question but <laughs> it's something that you have to be able to contextualize maybe there's more that we don't know about because we haven't sat and met with the kid and that's part of the conversation we don't know so much compared to everybody else, compared to the teams that get to sit down with him, compared to all the people that they have access to to have conversations. We can go by the film and what we hear from those people. We don't have that direct line. And that matters here. So I'm going to give you my analysis kind of based on the film, based on what I know. And that's what these shows are. And that's why these shows are so much fun. Cause it's just, it's a good way to kind of talk things out, but let's talk about the final grade. And I'm going to have something weird in here that I haven't had before. I, I had, I have bonus points in here. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Where do the bonus points come from? So the Heisman bonus points, bonus points. I will give out bonus points. I, the most I'll ever give out is five, which is a full round bump. And that's if somebody, Hey, I didn't think they were a great athlete on film. All of a sudden they tested off the charts. It's like, okay, there's something that can be taken advantage of here. There's something that can be really developed. So I'm going to bump them up the way my, this is different though. The way my system is built for quarterbacks, it does not factor in rushing ability. And when you have an elite rushing ability, that gives you a different kind of trump card. So I add bonus points for somebody who has a truly elite rushing ability. Because as you can see, all I care about is functional mobility. 
functional mobility is like Kirk Cousins level. Kirk Cousins can bootleg. Kirk Cousins can escape the pocket sometimes. It's functional. But in terms of being a great runner, you don't have to have that to be a great quarterback. You don't. So it's not built into my scale. So I will give guys bonus points for having that element to their game, which is why he has two bonus points. That's the, Otherwise, he wouldn't be getting any. But it's a, a flaw in my scale that I will not change because you don't have to have the ability to run. You just don't. You just have to be really good at football. C.J. Stroud is functionally mobile. He, he can pick up some yards on the running game. He's not a runner. And I think that's why you have, I have it as functional mobility and not as, hey, are they a good runner? Because I just, some guys will get like one point and it'll be like, okay, well then they're great, just craters. It's not necessary. So 87.5 points out of 100, easy first round grade. So let's talk about where he's at right now because I am essentially done with quarterbacks. I'm going to watch, I think, one, maybe two more. I really want to get full eyes on Austin Reed from Western Kentucky, who I was a really big fan of throughout the year. So I have nine quarterbacks graded. Jaden Daniels will be my QB three, barring anything changing from between now and the NFL draft. As a film grade, he is 0.1 behind Caleb Williams and 1.0 points behind Drake May, who is my quarterback one. I love Daniels. And if Daniels went first overall, I wouldn't be mad. If he went second overall, I wouldn't be mad. Like This is a good top of the quarterback class. And I'm really excited to kind of see how they end up going in April's draft. And if you want a guy who can truly change the game as a runner, that's what Jaden Daniels is. And he's going to be able to give that to you tenfold. I'm really excited to see how he's going to be able to grow and develop and what that means at the next level. Right now, he is the third best quarterback. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay to be the third best in this group. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think JJ might be the guy, the Vikings target. Sorry, uh, Daniels, not JJ. Well, obviously JJ would love to have another LSU guy on the team. Um, Really? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Uh, there. Look, this is LSU North. We've known this for a while. Um, let's get to a couple questions and we're, we'll get out of here. And obviously tomorrow night, Wednesday, we'll have the real Forno show topics to be determined. Um, I'm not quite sure how I'll handle that episode, but we'll have some fun. Um, Mateo asked, uh, if I like Herbert more than Lamar. No, I, I think Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. Um, lone wolf says none of these quarterbacks would have gone top three last year. I disagree. I think Caleb probably goes top three. I also think Drake may might go top three. The current iterations, not last year's iterations. Uh, let's pull up my my last year's rankings. So I will rank them for you. Last year, CJ Stroud and Drake Mage have the same grade. So they would be tied at one for me. Um Anthony Richardson would be at three, Caleb Williams four, Jane Daniels five, Bryce Young six, Will Levis seven. The, or sorry, JJ McCarthy would be seven. Um, Penix and Pratt would both be over uh, Will Levis. So Will Levis would be my 10th best quarterback among uh, last year's and this year's class. 
it's because he doesn't know how to use those tools. He just he's not consistent with it at all. Uh, Gary asks, "What do you think his ceiling is?" Daniels. This is going to sound like hyperbole, and I really don't mean it that way. I think if you get him in the right system with the right team, coaching staff, talent scheme, like you could realistically have this guy be a high end Pro Bowl or maybe an All Pro or MVP. If I believe that he can get to that level, the real question is if he can, and is he going to be able to take himself to that level? That that I don't know. I believe the ability. He, you could project him out to potentially be that guy. That doesn't mean he's going to be there the entirety of his career. Matt Ryan won an MVP. Like we're talking about him as a fringe Hall of Famer. So I think you could realistically see Daniels in the right spot, potentially competing for an MVP. He also could absolutely flame out and bust. Like that's the thing. As NFL draft evaluators, we are wrong a lot because it's such an inexact science. It's a little different from the NBA where in the NBA, you're playing with five other, four other guys on the court at a time. The NFL, it's 10. 10 guys in the court versus 22 guys on the field. There's a lot more variables in football than there are in basketball because of so like all those different things. So we really don't know, but we can give our educated guesses, and that's what these shows are. These are my educated guesses based on what I know, know from the film and all the other data that I'm able to collect and how I make my projections. Um, ST asks, how much weight can he realistically put on? Look, I think he's going to be thin. And I think it's just something you're going to have to deal with. I think you might be able to get five to 10 pounds on him, but you also don't want to get so much on him where it just bogs him down because then it loses what makes him special. So I was thinking maybe 20, but anyways, I don't think you could get 20 on him and he would still be able to be the same runner. And I, I think you just, you also might not be able to get any on him because he might just be maxed out because he's just a thinner build. He's just a thinner guy. Sometimes guys just kind of hit a certain spot and that's kind of what it is. And I, I don't have those answers because I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not in the room. I'm not having conversations and medically examining Jaden Daniels, but there's a real possibility. This is just who he is physically. And you're not going to change the physical makeup of him. Some guys are just like that. Like you're not going to want to put, 20 pounds on tank Dell tank Dell's special because he's that he's that size and he's able to move the way he is. And that's the difficulty with some of these things where like, Oh, if he puts on X amount of weight, he'll be perfect. Well, how is that going to change his body composition? How is that going to change how he's able to be an athlete? Is he going to be able to move as fast? Is he going to be able to move as quick laterally and really explode out of the blocks. There's just so many of those questions. I just don't know. I would guess Five to 10 pounds would be a safe bet if he was going to be able to gain anything. He could just be maxed out. And like, it's also really hard for athletes to put on good weight because of how hard you train. And then you have to ingest so many good calories. It's difficult. That's why you hear of offensive linemen cramming five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches down their throats a day because they just need to gain weight, gain weight, gain weight. Like, it's hard. It's really hard to gain weight as an athlete because you're counterintuitive with speeding up your metabolism with all these workouts and eating really clean. Like you can't just go eat McDonald's every day unless you're Chad Ochocinco. He ate McDonald's every <laughs> single day of his life, and I don't know how he did it, but he did. Some guys are just they're a little freaky that way, but it's, it's very difficult. So we'll see. 
Um, yeah, and maybe 230 is just too big for him, Mateo. Like, that's that's something you got to do. Norse Fias, that's awesome. He takes hits like Gumby. That is the new comp. That is the new comp for Jaden Daniels. <laughs> Gumby. Oh, I, I comp somebody else to Gumby. Was it Daniels? I'll have to look that up because uh, let me tell you, I that's fantastic. I'm actually going to pull up my phone because I it's easier to search on, on Twitter because you just go to your profile. Well, you and, do that. And, How about tell... Uh, but um. oh, there it is. There it is. Jaden Daniels takes hits like he's Gumby. <laughs> yes. Uh, GMAC says he wish it was hard for him to put on weight. I agree with you, GMAC. I'm in that position now. However, when I played, I ate five full meals a day plus snacks mm-hmm. and still couldn't gain weight. And I'm talking heaping plates of pasta at night and just uh, peanut butter and whatever sandwiches and, you know, full-blown meals and couldn't gain weight. And yeah, these guys it, are like that. It's it's hard to gain weight when you are a machine. I recommend when we finish the show, go search Michael Phelps's diet. That oh, dude crazy. would consume like 12,000 calories a day. He start the day with like eight pancakes or something like that. He would just eat and eat and eat and look at his body. It's chiseled like iron because he's doing such a, such a hyper athletic thing. And it just becomes incredibly difficult to be able to put on weight while you're in that kind of training, which is why sometimes you see when guys retire when offensive linemen retire, they shed weight because they stop eating. They eat like a normal human, which is why you see guys like Matt Burke look like 220 pounds when they were playing at over 300. Because well, they go they either way eating. because there's been, and they've studied that. There's a lot of them that'll continue eating like they do, even if they lessen the amount of calories they take in, but they're not doing the physical exercise they used to. And they suddenly mm-hmm. go and get very rotund. Yeah. And then there, but a lot of them have learned that once you're playing days over, try to drop as much weight as you possibly can, because it's healthier for you. It's healthier for somebody that weighs 200 pounds than weighs 300 pounds. No matter if you're six feet, six, six, it doesn't matter. Either one of those, the less you weigh, it's easier on your heart, etc., And you'll tend to live a little bit longer. Now, you mm-hmm. may suffer from CTE because you're banging your head all the time, but hey, that has nothing to do with it. But at least you're going to give your heart a break by bringing down the poundage. It's going to be interesting to see what, what happens physically with his body before before he, uh, sorry, in his NFL career. We'll find out. In the meantime, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Do not forget, tomorrow night, The Real Forno Show, we are going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about, and we're going to have more skull searches this week. One for sure, potentially two. We'll see. We'll see what Dave's schedule looks like, and if we can make it work. Now that two all bloggers is on Sunday, gives him more time to prepare. That might mean more skull searches for you. And as Delton uh, says before he logs out for the night, get a rescue dog from our friends at Underdog Rescue. 
let me tell you, they saved Ari Claire and they can not only uh, save another dog with your help, but they can save you too. UnderdogRescueMN.com. If you just want to donate and help out, or if you want to foster or adopt, high recommend great people doing great work and saving all the dogs. In the meantime, thank you very much for watching. I'm Tyler. He's Dave. Skull Vikings, everybody. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.